We are Allie and Erica, certified integrative nutrition health coaches in gut and hormone health and the hosts of the podcast, Courageous Wellness. We are committed to destigmatizing conversations in the wellness space and celebrate the experiences and lessons of our guests in pursuit of physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. Listen to Courageous Wellness wherever you get your podcasts with fresh episodes every Wednesday. Hey, I'm Ashley Lemieux, and I'm here to help you uncover the greatest power in your life. You! After going on my own healing journey, I realized I was looking for the wrong thing, a way out. But I didn't need a way out. What I really needed was a way in, to fully uncover who I am. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tools and inspiring interviews to help you create a clear pathway forward in areas of your life that you might feel stuck or overwhelmed in. I'm not here to be the expert on your life. You are. What I want is to help you believe that. So get ready to reframe your thoughts, reimagine your future, and reclaim your power. Are you ready? I am. Hey, sister, it's me. I wanted to pop in here really quick to make sure that you knew my best-selling book, Born to Shine, is on sale right now on Amazon. I want you to read this book so badly because it has helped thousands of other women all over the world uncover their light and shine even in the darkest moments of their lives. It's my unique message that acknowledges the overwhelming truth that even when life is in ruins, that you can still shine. It's my message of hope for women who are brave enough to say that everything is not okay, but my story isn't over yet. Go to amazon.com, type in born to shine, go grab the book, and we'll continue on to the episode. You guys, welcome back to season two of the I Am podcast. I missed you, I'm not going to lie, but I also hope that you all had a great start to this new year. First of all, can we just take like a moment of silence (laughs) that we made it through 2020, we have started a new year, and I also know that if your year's been anything like mine or the rest of the world's, that it might have started out a little bit crazy, but I am so excited for just this fresh, I don't know, it just feels new. It it feels fresh. It feels like there's forward movement happening in life. And I'm just so excited that I get to be on this journey with you. To start off the season, I really wanted to create an episode and a conversation that could bring a lot of just peace and understanding and civility into all of our lives right now, especially You know, as the president changed office last week now, and there's so much going on politically, and there's been a lot going on politically now for quite some time, I really wanted to have just a good conversation about what's going on and how we can be less divisive with those around us who have different opinions than we do. So... We're all in for a huge treat today because I have Sharon Sesso on the podcast today who has literally taken the internet by storm the past few weeks because she is truly like America's government teacher. She has come in to save the day (laughs) to provide facts surrounding what's happening in our country and in the government so that all of us 
have a factual and true and unbiased understanding of what's going on. So Sharon, welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for being here with us today. Yay, thank you. This is super exciting. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so excited. And I just want to take a second for those of the listeners who are hearing about you for the first time. First of all, if you're hearing about Sharon for the first time, just you are in for the biggest treat. Like, I feel like she's the biggest gift for us on starting this new year. But will you just give like a really brief background as to what you do and why you're here right now talking about the things you're talking about? Yeah, well, I was a government teacher in high school for a super long time and have been an entrepreneur. I've owned multiple businesses. And in October, I started noticing some problems on the internet. (laughs) I mean, it it actually was happening well before October. Um, It's been happening for a while, frankly. But I started noticing information floating around about the upcoming election that was just not based in fact. And I'm not talking about political opinions. I'm not talking about who should win or who shouldn't win. I'm talking about very simple things like how elections actually work or what the electoral college is or why can one state do this and that state can't do that other thing. So I started making just some very simple, informational, nonpartisan, fact-based videos, not giving my opinion of what should happen, just stating the facts of how the Constitution actually works and how it governs elections. And so since then, I have really been doing this pretty close to full-time for several months because I found that there is a hunger to know the truth, just to know facts. Sometimes, you know, when you go to Google something, it's very triggering. (laughs) (laughs) Google is very triggering. (laughs) Yes. Like I just, I actually don't want to Google because I don't know what I'm going to find. And the amount of anxiety that is out there right now is truly staggering. So I think people have really resonated with the idea that they can just ask somebody a question about like, well, how does this work? What is the difference between pardoning and commuting a crime? Is it possible for this to happen or that to happen? Why isn't there term limits in the Senate? Or why aren't there term limits in the Senate? Just very, very, just a question that maybe you've always wondered, but how do you, are you willing to commit two hours to finding out the answer? Probably not. (laughs) So anyway, that's what I do is I really try to just give people information so that they can make their own educated decisions about things. Because if you can't, if you don't have, if you don't understand something, you can't make an educated decision about it. And let's be honest, if you're anything like I was in high school, especially when it came to like government class or social studies or whatever the thing was, it's like in one ear, out the other, and now we're adults and now we're literally in charge of how our country is ran and voting on these things and the majority is actually have no idea like truly what the facts are of the processes which is really terrifying (laughs) when you think about it and so to have someone like you 
who has shown up on the internet right right now. Something I love about Sharon, I actually found out about her because my sister and my brother-in-law are obsessed with with just all the content that you create, which is saying a lot. And so they they shared with me some things Sharon was talking about, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is everything that everyone needs right now. So, so thank you, and thanks for being here today. So what we've done is Sharon's put together a list of her most asked questions, and we're for sure going to get through five of them. We might do all of them if we have time, but... Really, the whole goal here today is to create a conversation around politics, which a lot of people shy away from. And, and I think, here's what I think is, has happened. We grow up being told that there's certain things that we just don't talk about around the dinner table, and one of those things is politics. And so now, as adults, we don't understand how to have civil discourse. We don't understand how to disagree with each other, but still make forward progress happen we don't we we just uh, we don't know how to talk about these things and so then not only does it not get talked about but it creates this huge divisive just huge divide that makes a lot of people feel very unconnected to each other and then we start labeling groups as bad or good or we identify with them but not them and they're in the bad group and it's and it's 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 damaging. It's damaging the whole world. It's damaging our country. And so now we're going to talk about how to be the people to help change that. So, question number one. And I feel like this year, and I guess this will be one of the questions I'll ask you as you answer this question. So we'll just go from here. Okay. Number one, how can I help my family member who is deep into conspiracy theories? Mm, I, I have, this is probably one of the kind of most challenging topics I get asked about because so many people are dealing with situations in which their family is being almost ripped apart by disagreements related to politics. And many people perceive that there is a lack of there's a lack of facts surrounding what is happening in the world right now. And people are believing things that are not based in facts. And it is very difficult to have a rational and logical conversation with somebody who is not existing or operating in that space. And I'm not going to hold myself up as some expert in terms of mental health and like tell you that I have all the answers because I certainly don't. But one of the things I do know for sure is that you cannot angrily argue somebody off of a position that they are determined to hold. In fact, the opposite mm. generally happens. If I'm like, Ashley, your husband is horrible and you should divorce him. Are you going to be like, you know what, Sharon, that is a good point. And I'm going to, you're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That seems ridiculous, right? Like you right, have a very right. different opinion of like, no, he's fantastic. What are you talking about? And the more angry I become about trying to convince you that in fact, no, 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 you don't know the truth. He is terrible, et cetera, et cetera. The more you want to dig in your heels and what does it make you do? It doesn't move you off the position of my husband is wonderful. It actually makes you reject me. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. you, don't, you don't then think to yourself, wow, Sharon has really helped me see the light about the error of my ways. In fact, all it does is it causes a significant rift between the two of us. And you now are even more convinced of the rightness of your position. And so that's one of the least productive things we can do when we are trying to have a a civil conversation with people that with whom we very much disagree is angrily argue with each other. Anytime you're dealing with those heightened emotions, those heightened emotions are driving those beliefs deeper into their subconscious. So having an angry conversation is never going to cause somebody to change their mind. And some people are like, yeah, but that's infuriating because what they're saying is so wrong and bad and damaging. And I don't like it that this is the reality. And I have sympathy for that. I really do. I understand how that is not actually how it should be. But nevertheless, that is how the human mind works. That is how the subconscious mind works. And so if you want to have any hope of making any kind of progress, the first thing that needs to happen is you need to commit to not having heated arguments with people because all that does is cement them deeper into their position and makes you seem like the bad guy what drives a rift and a wedge in between you so that's the first thing you can never argue angrily argue somebody off of their position and the second thing that i always recommend is really seeking to understand listening to understand instead of just listening to respond so often we'll say, well, what makes you think that? That's ridiculous. What even makes you think that? And all you're looking for is something that you can respond to, something that you can be like, that's crazy. That didn't really happen. You know what I mean? And in reality, if we are listening to understand instead of listening to respond, we should be able to calmly say back to the person So what I'm hearing you say is X and Y and Z. Is that accurate? And then they can say, yeah, that is what I am saying. Then you know that that person feels heard. And that moves you into a different type of relationship and a different type of conversation than just an argument. And one of the things I'd like to remind people is that listening to understand does not obligate you to agree with them. You do not have to listen to understand and then change your mind. You do not have to listen to understand and then say, yeah, well, I really see your, your, the, the validity of your opinions. But just feeling understood, the feeling of being understood can help repair bad blood between people. If you feel like, yeah, you get where I'm coming from. Thank you. That right there is very meaningful to people. And that is the position you can begin making small inroads with versus an angry argument. That's really helpful. That's really tangible. And it's also really simple. (laughs) But I, I think it can be hard when you're in the heat of a conversation or you're hearing about someone's conspiracy theory that they're believing and you're like, how does this logically make any sense? And so you are, you're listening, like you said, to respond instead of listening to understand. And I, I think that that takeaway, if anything else from the rest of that podcast, this podcast can help so many conversations move forward. So then I guess going along with this same, you know, topic of, of conspiracies, 
have you ever seen another time in history where conspiracy theories have been as large as they are now? Well, I mean, yes, because people didn't know about science. You know, like if you look at mm-hmm. the, the middle the Middle Ages where we had no idea about what germs were. And so we believed that people were afflicted with illness because they had some kind of evil spirit or, you know, that kind of thing. So, yes, there have been times in the past, like you think about like the Salem witch trials, yeah, yeah. where conspiracy ran rampant. And the Salem witch trials are a great example of what can happen to a community if this is left unchecked. If we just let this kind of thing fester and we just pretend like it's fine, the Salem witch trials are a great example of what actually happens when our human nature takes over in that scenario. So, number one, yes, it has happened in the past, but number two, has it ever happened on this wide of a scale Probably not. You know, social media has absolutely facilitated so many wonderful things. You know, we're talking today because of social media, and I actually highly value a lot of what social media has brought to my life. But we also can't be ignorant of the fact that a lot of hearsay, rumor, conjecture, lies are spread via social media, and they're spread literally like a virus quickly across the world. So then this leads us to the next most asked question, which is, so then how can I have these political discussions that don't end in a fight and bad feelings? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it does start with what I was mentioning earlier, that if you truly are just listening to understand, that is going to provoke or create a different response in the opposing side than just... Um, listening to argue. And let me tell you, I enjoy being right. <laughs> I am not somebody Same. who... <laughs> I'm not somebody who's like, oh, let's all just peacefully get along. You know, my natural inclination is to be correct. It is to show you that that's ridiculous. It is what, you know, like to demonstrate that in fact your position is... Mm, that's not right at all. That's my natural tendency. So what I am telling you, these things, take it, you know, like I, I struggle with this, okay? This is not coming from a position of, of high horse in any way, shape, or form. So I really feel like one of the best things we can do is help each other feel understood and then just decide I am not willing to ruin my relationship with you to argue about this. In in many, many cases, it truly does come down to, am I willing to ruin our relationship so that we can argue about this? I wish it wasn't the case. I wish everyone could argue for sport like I enjoy doing. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is just not that's just not where people are. And we have to right now we're in a deep in this position of my rightness makes you wrong and because you're wrong you're evil. That is really where many people in the world are right now. My rightness makes you wrong, and because you're wrong, you're evil. 
we right now do not have much room in our belief system. Some of us don't have much room in our belief system for the idea that because we believe something, that other people can believe things and it doesn't hurt what we believe. That I can believe that it is, it's delicious to have peanut butter toast with crunchy peanut butter. And it doesn't mean people who believe that smooth peanut butter is delicious or who are allergic to peanuts are evil. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a simple example, but that is, that's what's happening on a larger scale. My belief that crunchy peanut butter is the most delicious doesn't actually mean that you're evil for believing otherwise. And we've really moved away from this idea of being able to have more than one legitimate viewpoint on many topics in this in this country. So some of it is making room in your own mind and your own heart for the idea that you personally are not the arbiter of truth. And you personally are not the person who gets to decide what every what is correct and what is right and what should happen and how everybody else should believe. And it's actually very dangerous to think that way. It is. So then I have a question based off of of this. Let's say someone that you love or that you're talking to maybe has a very damaging opinion or idea on something. If, If it's appropriate for you, if you've decided this is a place where I do need to voice my opinion, I need I need to share what I believe, I need to share what I feel is true. What is a way that you can best enter into that conversation so that it can be as kind and loving and and not you know and and not end in fighting and bad feelings as you're vo- vocalizing what you believe really is the truth? Uh, that's a great question. And when I'm saying you know, we can't just have every every conversation end in argument. It doesn't mean you never stand up for what you hold to be valuable. It doesn't mean you never stand up for your own beliefs and morals. It doesn't mean you just accept whatever they say. One of the things that I think is really valuable is asking the other person, how would you feel if I shared how I what my views are on that topic? And just asking them, how would it, how would you feel if I shared how, what I'm thinking about, let's just say the death penalty, how would you feel if I shared my thoughts about the death penalty? And that gives you a really good indication about where somebody else is in that moment. And if they're like, yeah, well, what are you going to do? Try to tell me that it's morally wrong? Sure, go ahead. You know what I mean? Like that that tells you everything you need to know in that moment about their actual um, mental state, that they're actually in a very heightened state of emotions, that they're actually not in a place where they can productively listen and have a productive conversation with you. But if somebody is like, actually, I would really like that. Could you tell me how you feel about that? You know, I, I have some family members that I disagree with about, you know, a variety of topics and we actually can have calm conversations about it. And I will just say upfront to that person, hey, I'm asking because I really want to know how you feel, not so that I can argue with you about this. Can you tell me your feelings about X, Y, and Z? And then when they tell me what they are, I will just say, okay, so you're saying X and Y and Z, is that right? And then they can clarify their position. And I can say, 
Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense to me. Thank you. And sometimes they'll ask me, and when I'm saying that makes sense, I'm not saying I now believe what you believe. I'm not saying I now agree with your position, but it validates what they're saying. It allows them to feel heard and understood. And then I would then have the opportunity to say, would it be okay if I shared my thoughts on that? And then their response, I can gauge quite easily if they're actually in a place to listen to that. It doesn't mean if they're not in a place to listen to that, it does not mean you will never be able to say it. It doesn't mean that there is not a time in the future when you could share that. It doesn't mean that you must silence yourself. It doesn't mean that you stop believing what is true for you. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means this is not a productive conversation in this moment. And the higher good is not being served by having an argument about this topic right here, right now. I always like to just try to think about like, what is the higher good being served by bringing this up today, this moment, right now, here in this second, is the higher good going to be served by bringing this up another time? Or must it be right here and right now? Some cases, it actually must be right here and right now. Somebody's life is in danger right here, right now. I must say something. But in many cases, we're talking about philosophy. We're talking about general belief systems. We're talking about something that's not imminent or urgent. And we actually can come back to a topic about, like, say, the, say the death penalty, because that is federal and state law that takes a long time to change. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not everything is actually urgent this very moment of this day. Yes. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I feel like just those two things of, I understand what you're saying is, is that right? And then how would you feel if I shared my opinion or my feelings on X, Y, Z? Those right there can make a huge impact on the conversations that we're having with people. Thank you. Okay, so then the the third question is, with all the conspiracy theories, with all of the things that we're being told online from so many different sources, is how can I know what is actually true? Yes, well, I mean, that is the million-dollar question, right? <laughs> that is what everyone wants to Just know. Just go to Sharon Says on <laughs> Instagram. <and laughs> oh, well, okay, so this goes back to, you know, when I am teaching, I like to talk about what is the very nature of a fact? How do we know what is a fact and what isn't? And so let's use the example of two plus two equals four. How do we know that that's true? And you can actually have a discussion with people. How do we know it's true? We can demonstrate it. We can do the math problem. We know that math is based in reality. Other sources demonstrate to us that two plus two is four. I can do it a bunch of different ways. I can add jelly beans. You know, like there's a million different ways you can demonstrate the validity of that statement. And all of that is evidence that is used to produce the conclusion that two plus two equals four, and that is a true statement. So you need evidence and you need substantiated evidence from credible sources to demonstrate the the validity, the truth of something. And you can do that with two plus two equals four. You can go all the way back to Greek philosophers and demonstrate the truth of that statement. And then if you start thinking about like, well, what makes three plus three not equal seven? What makes that not true? 
And you can go back and figure out like, well, if I do the math, if I take three and three, I can see it doesn't equal seven. This person over here says it's not real. This person who has a PhD in math says it's not real. You can easily dissect down. That actually is not the truth. So one of the things I like to tell people is that, you know, there is a difference between our religious or spiritual faith and what is true in this in this world right here and now. In this world, which is based on laws of nature, based on laws of science, based on laws of physics, this world has absolute truths. You know, like I don't have to approve of the fact that there is gravity. Gravity just is. And facts exist outside of our own beliefs. We don't actually don't have to approve of it at all. I don't have to give gravity my approval for it to be true. So in this world, we have to run a government. We have to run our country based on facts that are substantiated by credible sources. When we don't do that, the results are disastrous. Going back to my example of the Salem witch trials, that's a great example of a government that is not based on credible, substantiated facts. That was just based on hearsay. I saw this woman. She was talking to herself. She's obviously a witch. Burn her at the stake. I saw this person over here. She was, she was talking to herself. She was acting funny. She was drying some herbs. Obviously a witch. Drown her. You know, like all it took was somebody just making a statement and that it was acted on and people suffered disastrous consequences. When you look back at throughout the 20th century, all of the cruel regimes that have existed around the world, you think about Stalin and Hitler and Mussolini and, you know, variety of others around the world, they have run governments based on hearsay, based on me being able to call up my local leader in the Third Reich and saying, this person I believe, is actually conspiring to hide Jews in their basement. And those people could be would be gone forever. So the idea that we should run a government based on hearsay, based on just what I say and not based on anything proven, substantiated, credible, is extraordinarily dangerous. So please know that I'm separating out what is true for people in their, you know, religious and spiritual practices, that is completely separate in my mind. And they're not incompatible with each other. You can absolutely have faith and also believe in substantiated facts and evidence here on earth today because we can demonstrate them. The credibility of a source is also extremely important. And that's one of the things that I think there is a lot of conjecture and a lot of questioning about right now is, well, what makes somebody credible versus not credible? And obviously people have different beliefs on what a credible source is. But generally speaking, if somebody is willing to you know, if they have a significant professional reputation and they're willing to stake that significant professional reputation on the line of making a statement and they have evidence to back it up, they can say, I have done these studies. Here are the results of the studies. Here is the methodology. Here are the conclusions. Here's what I don't know. 
because a good a good expert is always very clear about what they don't know. Everyone has very significant limitations to their knowledge, everyone. And a good expert will say, I don't know the answer to that question. That is outside my scope of expertise. You know it's a fake expert when they pretend to know everything. No, no, nobody knows everything. And if you pretend to know everything, that is a fake expert just making up information, just pulling information out of their booty. And that's, you know, the opposite of how we want to run a country. So that's how, that is the, those are the guideposts that I use is, is somebody or is there substantiated credible information from hopefully multiple sources that leads me to a logical conclusion? So then (laughs) leading right into the next question is, how then do we know or find what those reliable sources are? Yeah. And it, it relates to this idea that of somebody being transparent about where that information came from and being able to check that information for yourself. This is one of the things that I talk about frequently, which is we cannot possibly just be exist in a society where we all just repost whatever seems right to us because that is actually really dangerous like don't repost every chart just because you're like i i agree the the standard cannot be i like it so it's true you know what i mean i like it so it's true is is that's how little kids are that is how a two-year-old operates i like it so it's true and that is you know mightily frustrating for every parent (laughs) I like it so it's true is not logical. Um, so, <laughs> and the, the same, the opposite is true. It's not a lie because you don't like it. It's not a lie because it's not what you want to hear. Anyway, so when somebody says, here is a chart that shows all of the, you know, earlier today on my account, and I know this will run later, but we were talking about presidential pardons. How many pardons has X president um, issued, Y president issued, A, B, and C? And I put up a chart that showed a list of presidential pardons, right? That is information somebody could verify. You could actually go to the keeper of the statistics. You could actually go to the Bureau of Prisons. You could actually go to the Department of Justice and get that information straight from the organization that keeps those statistics to verify this chart. This chart is just merely organizing it in a manner that looks visually pleasing and makes sense. That is so often what people are not doing. They're just just reposting something that you have no idea the origin of this information. And I see a lot of people who are like, well, my friend who is in the CIA, she sent this to me. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, no, she sure didn't. That's not real. The CIA doesn't communicate with memes, okay? That is not how that works at all. Um, So this whole like friend of a friend thing, and that's where I got the information, the friend of a friend, that means almost never real. 
You know what I mean? That's not information I can verify. So that is my personal benchmark. Can I independently verify this information before posting it? And if the answer is no, then I do not think it is worth posting. And if also, if I don't have the time or the inclination to, to check it, then I also should not repost it because reposting it and then having it turn out to be wrong later actually could be very damaging. So if I'm like not in the mood to look it up, if I'm not in the mood to just be like, okay, let me check with the Bureau of Prisons real quick before I post this chart. If I'm not in the mood to do that, then I'm just going to go ahead and not post it. You know, like that should be our new standard of I'm going to go ahead and not do that thing. Because I don't, I'm not in the mood, I don't have the inclination, I don't have the resources to check with the, with the original source of the data. So what I'm hearing you say is that we have a responsibility as humans, as people with access to the internet at our fingertips at any time of the day, as voters in this country to research, to learn for ourselves what is true and what is not true and to do that requires some time and some energy and some effort but I think that that's what is required for us because it's really easy to start like as you're as you're just talking about being able to just casually repost someone else's meme or or stat or whatever it is because we like it or it might match our views or whatever but we don't actually know if it's credible and true we're accountable we're accountable for that and i really like that you're talking about this because i feel like the internet allows people to not have to take responsibility for what they say or how they act and this truth puts the responsibility back onto us that what we put out to the internet what we repost and reshare it is our responsibility to do some research to make sure that we are spreading truth and I think that all of us can agree that that that's what we want we want to be people of integrity we want to be people who are helping truth spread forward and so that means we need to hold ourselves to a higher level of accountability when we show up online really is what it boils down to yeah i i i love exactly what you said like we are accountable for the information that we are sharing online and it is not enough to just be like well it wasn't my stat you know like karen made it you know like actually <laughs> your, this is your platform. This is your audience. It is your responsibility to be accountable for what you are sharing. And if you are not in the position to be accountable, if you're like, listen, life is really hard right now. I'm not in the, in a position to research this independently. Then it is your responsibility to not repost that information. And I'm not saying everybody needs to now spend eight hours a day researching statistics. That's not right. what I'm saying. But it is, if you want to share, it is your responsibility because you are accountable. You are accountable for what you are putting out into the world. And people take actions based on what you put out there. I mean, what is influencer marketing, Ashley? 
right? Like yes. it's you telling people what somebody should, like, I really love X product. This thing is great. Give it a try. You're accountable for those things. And I'm not talking specifically to you. I'm just saying, this is how it works. We are accountable yes. for what we are saying and doing and sharing online. And we are creating right now at this very moment, a digital legacy for ourselves that someday mm-hmm. our children future generations will have access to. And what do we want that digital legacy to say about us? What do we want to be remembered for? When you look back at history and the, you know, the letters between presidents and the letter, you know, like when you look back at all of their correspondence, you form a much deeper picture of who this person was. And that same exact thing is going to be said about us. What who was this person really? And in some ways, our communication online gives us a much better picture than, than a written letter ever could because we are willing to fire off a DM that says something horrible to somebody when we would not take the time to write it on a piece of paper and put, it, you know, put a stamp on it and address it. Or sign our name to it. <laughs> or sign your name to it or not have a fake account that sends horrible messages. Yeah, yeah. So we're creating digital legacies for ourselves. I think about like when I die, my children will be able to get access to my social media accounts and be able to read what I said to people, be able to read what people said to me, be able to read what I said behind closed doors. There's no such thing as gone forever on the internet. And that is something that I think we need to take significant responsibility for that we are accountable for what we say not just because other people can say it or can see it, but because who we are behind closed doors is who we really are. And that is going, that it just says so much about us. Who we are in the DMs is who we really are. Yeah, I could talk. I mean, you know this. I could talk about this one topic for all day. So I'm so glad that we we touched on, on this. And I really, I love that getting on your phone, getting on social media with the intention of, and the statement, the mantra of, I take responsibility for the things that I share and say, and that's it. Okay. The last question. I feel anxious, desperate, and scared about where we're at in the country. What can I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear this every day all the time too. And one of the first things I tell people is to get off the hamster wheel, to disconnect from where they are and to stop the cycle of reading, reposting, reading, DMing, refresh, 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 refresh. You know, one of the best things you can do is just disconnect. You have to get off the hamster wheel. And, you know, our brains become hardwired to want that constant influx of new information, that constant hit of those neurochemicals that are like, you know, come back, do it again, do it again, do it again. And what am I missing out on? It's like the FOMO part of it too. That's like, I need to know everything all the time. Yes, yes. And so this idea that you have to disconnect, you have to break the cycle. And again, I love social media, but you have to respect respect its limits. That's the first thing. The next thing I would tell somebody is to carefully examine where is my information coming from? 
Carefully examine who is making me feel this way. Do I feel this way every single time I go to this news site? Do I feel this way every single time I see them in my feed? Do I feel this way every single time I have a conversation with them? That's a person you need to disconnect from. And I don't mean that in a way that is unkind or where you're going to confront them and be like, you're toxic. You know what I mean? I'm just saying you have to know, you have to respect your own limits because nobody else is going to respect them for you. You're not going to get, get, that's just how it is. You have to respect your own limits. Nobody else is going to respect them for you. So, and then the next thing I would say is there truly is hope. America has lived through far worse than where we are right now. We, for many of us, this is the worst time that has ever existed in our lifetimes. This is the hardest time many people can recall. But it does not mean that we have not lived through worse. We actually fought a war against each other over the right to own human beings, right? And so things have been much worse. And in our comeback has always been so much greater than our setback. If you look at what was happening in, the, in this country during various periods in history, if you look at what's been going on, you know, even just like during World War II, the amount of rationing that was happening where a government was telling you, you can only buy this much meat, this much dairy, this much oil. Can you imagine that happening now? <laughs> can you imagine no. anybody telling you now? We can't even be respectful about toilet paper. Are you serious? <laughs> That's right. Can only, you know, so things have been so much worse and we have recovered. And things are hard now, but they will be so much better. This is not the end. I love the quote, everything's going to be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. We will improve. This will get better. This is not how it will be forever. I can promise you that. Thank you so much for the facts that you share with us, the facts you share with so many people every day, and the hope that you give us that, like you just said, things will get better. Can you tell us a little bit about the classes that you're starting to host right now online and where people can come and find you to get facts on a daily basis? Yeah. I have started a new series called Government for Grownups, which are... I'm so excited about <laughs> Thank you. They're, they're just little live workshops. You can actually sign up to take the live workshop or you can sign up just to get the replay of the workshop. And it is really just meant to give people a little bit more of an in-depth peek into a topic that affects us. So the first workshop that is actually happening this weekend is just about Congress. Like, how does Congress work? What actually, who are all of these people? Why why is this happening and why is that not happening? And so each month has a, has a different topic. They're little short workshops, like less than two hours. So you don't need to commit to taking an entire college class and you don't need to commit to reading a textbook, but it allows you to just have a fuller understanding of a topic, you know, more than I can go into on just a few Instagram slides and to walk away feeling 
feeling educated and empowered about something that truly does impact your life. So my goal with them is to just keep them accessible, keep them affordable. They cost like 10 bucks and people can, you know, just watch them at their, at their leisure and just be able to have that confidence that they understand an issue. Right now there's a lack of confidence about like, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know if this is real or not. How do I even look this up? So it'll just give you a little bit more confidence that you understand how things really do work. And where do they go to sign up for that? They would just, there's like a sign up on my Instagram account in the, in the bio. There's just like a little link government for grownups. The February topic is about the constitution, like constitution 101. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, just like understanding it's written in old language. Like we know some things, but we actually don't know very much. It's kind of boring. That's how it seems. Um, But I actually (laughs) really, really love the constitution. So yeah, I, I, I love it. I love teaching. I really do feel like I was a born teacher. It's exciting for me. I love to do it. So yeah, I'm excited. Well, the internet is blessed to have you. And we will put all of Sharon's links, her Instagram in the show notes right below. So head over to her. Like truly, she is such a bright spot in my day. And you are one of my favorite people to to follow and to learn from. So thank you so much. Thank you for being on here with us today. And for everyone who joined us today, we would love it if you if you tagged me and if you tag Sharon on something that you learned today that you're going to commit to do in the future. Because as we were talking about, we get to claim responsibility now for our actions and what we say and how empowering that is that we get to create a digital legacy for our kids and for the future of the world. So Thank you. Love you guys. Thanks for being here. And I cannot wait to see you again next week. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the I Am Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from you online. So if there's something that really resonated with you, come and let me know. Share a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at Ashley Kayla Mew so I can see what's impacting you the most. It might even help your friends. And remember, every time you ask yourself, am I really strong enough to do this? The answer is, I am. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.